Hello, Playdate. This is Ryan. And this is Nick. This week, we are covering Playdate news. Indie games of the week. And speculating about the whereabouts of our third host. Thanks for listening. Let's get started. Okay, so there is a mysterious absence among us, and uh, the void is surely felt. Uh, We do not have Don here today. Don's got uh, some stuff going on that he was not able to join us, unfortunately, but Don, we miss you. We'll be sending the episode your way because as longtime listeners know, Don is the glue that holds all this together, uh, puts up all the episodes, makes all the show notes. So uh, Nick and I are like little fledgling uh, co-hosts let loose to our own uh, prepubescent devices. I know this is going nowhere fast. Help me, Nick. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so aside from, <laughs> from Don uh, not being able to join us uh, at the moment, Ryan and I both had really interesting scheduling problems this week so uh anyway here we are yes uh, and, and as you happen. can tell we're doing great so far <laughs> <laughs> uh ryan what's uh what's happening in news and notes oh golly i'm glad you asked uh so over on the panic website uh twitter account actually uh nevin mergen who you might know as uh Uh, part of Nevin and Krista Mergen said he noticed that it's been officially six months since they released the Playdate SDK to the public and there are already over 250 plus Playdate games over on itch.io. Truly amazing. Thank you so much. More to come. So yeah, we've sort of mentioned this phenomenon uh, in the past that Man, there are games being developed left and right, and in half a year, 250-plus games available? That's bonkers. Uh, So anyway, I thought I would highlight that and say kudos to the developers and to Panic for blowing this development platform wide open and letting anybody have a chance at doing this. I I think this is very cool. Yeah, definitely. So uh, it's impressive how uh, quickly it's been embraced and uh, with games of all different sizes um, from quick hit little things to uh, to much longer experiences. So um, it's it's good to see uh, the the breadth of support and hopefully that continues. Yeah. Excellent. Developers, keep going. And by golly, if you've got something exciting coming down the pipeline, let us know. We've got some uh, contact information somewhere. (laughs) Where's Don? Don, we miss you. (laughs) Show notes are a good place to find. There you go. How to find us. Um, Speaking of finding, uh, Ryan, how did you find the latest official Playdate podcast about uh, number one game of the season? Demon Quest 85. Number one game in your heart. Uh, I loved the podcast. (laughs) I'm still trying to (laughs) find some time to really get on board Demon Quest. But as always, Krista Mergen does a bang up job over there on the official Playdate podcast, which you can uh, find over there. (laughs) Oh, I'm a mess today. But uh, Krista, keep up the great work over there. Did you find anything in particular of note that the developers were talking about regarding Demon Quest? 
Mr. Um, number one Demon Quest game? The biggest uh, <laughs> thing <laughs> that I heard was that they were thinking initially about releasing different uh, scenarios uh, set in different time periods. So it'll be interesting if that ever comes to fruition. But, uh, you know, uh, oh, and I think uh, another tidbit there was that all the uh, the dialogue and flow control was scripted in Excel, which yes. uh, seemed very complicated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think even the developer was saying, since then, I've learned that there are far better ways of doing this. But, you know, before you really get a handle on something, you're trying it out for the first time, you don't know uh, a right way to do it. And so you're doing it a way. But I thought yeah. that was really interesting because even as an artist, I think Excel is invaluable and I use it so much for budgets, for timelines, for productivity charts, for man, just myriad of things. And so I thought it was really interesting and I could even sort of like envision what he was doing, you know, keeping track of all these in different cells. Um, you know, I'm guessing there's some sort of different program that would better port all these different pieces of dialogue into whatever you're using. But, uh, but yeah, it made it feel a little more accessible to me knowing that there was like, I don't know development. I'm an art guy, you know, development, I'm sure it all makes sense to you. But for me, it felt like, Oh, okay. Uh, maybe things like this can be done by mere mortals. <laughs> And this was the turning point where this became Ryan's favorite game of the season as well. So, um, the Excel link turned it for me. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to that updated ranking, Ryan. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, cool podcast. Uh, give it a listen. Uh, as always, just fantastic production and uh, really interesting uh, development story. Yeah, so I'm sure that the next... Uh, Official Playdate podcast is going to release like the second we drop this one. So <laughs> go check out <laughs> whatever the new episode happens, yeah. is going on there since now this Demon Quest podcast is two weeks old news. Uh, yeah. Speaking of two weeks old news, there is yeah. a- another update from Panic that I thought I would highlight. It's not Playdate specific, but uh, it says Panic, makers of Playdate, who also publishes video games, uh, goes on to list a few of them. We have more games coming and we are looking for a producer. Spread the word to your producer friends. We're going to have a link to this uh, Twitter post in the show notes for today's episode. But Nick, I was wondering, because I am ignorant, what is a producer of a video game? Does that just mean somebody who like tosses some cash around? Or is this like somebody who has development chops in the game or like what what does a producer do it's uh as with movies it, it varies by studio and um what exactly the role entails but usually it involves keeping timelines straight budgets straight that kind of thing uh. as well as uh making sure developers are meeting milestones and so forth so there's a bit of a uh, project management aspect mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, to it, but uh, I'm not sure what it entails for Panic specifically, but um, but that's generally in game development um, how that goes. Okay, uh, interesting. I got gotcha. you. It sounds like 
sort of an editor role in comics. Like I'm yeah. trying to equate it to a world that I understand. But <laughs> you know, like an so editor if you look at Excel. All... Yeah. Huh? <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. Regale me with Excel. I can't wait. And neither can our listeners. So if you're looking for a producer job and you happen to be near, Pan- this is a uh, local to the panic offices, correct? Um, I believe it's not so. a remote position. Yeah, I, I believe so. And they're in the Pacific Northwest. Somewhere. Yeah, Oregon. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I um, think they're around Portland area, if I'm not right. mistaken. Well, Portland area listeners, uh, give it a look if you happen to be a game producer. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for our boop 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 news and notes for today, which bring us to Nick. I would like you to do the honors this episode and boop us into the next segment. You can do it. All right. Uh, boop Indie Games of the Week. Oh, so Ryan. what? No, <laughs> let's try again. Okay, take two. Here we go. All right. Boop, boop. Um, Ryan, uh, what is your Indie Game of the Week? Oh, major Don Sai. <laughs> uh, um. All right. Let me just recover here from those lackluster. Boop, 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 boop. Boop boops for the indie game of the week. I have five more minutes. So Do you? All right. this, ga- this game is called Five More Minutes. And uh oh goodness, is this ever a wacky little game? Uh, I'm gonna read the description here for you real quick because that makes for a fantastic podcast. It says, as you fall asleep, you must fight off Horu, who is adamantly trying to wake you up as the sand flows through the hourglass the morning quickly approaches and i should probably let listeners know that horu is a sentient hourglass who is <laughs> like cruising around the screen in odd figure eight formations occasionally uh hands appear around horu the sentient hourglass um you are trying to uh bop him with a mysterious ball uh according to the itch page it says the hero fires their magical bolt every three seconds so uh this thing just fires off and you're supposed to wham this hourglass horu uh two times and if you hit him two times then of course he's an hourglass the sand is slipping through and when the sand all slips through then the alarm goes off but if you hit him two times with this ball or uh, what is it magical bolt then the hourglass flips over and the sands start coming down again so basically you're buying yourself more time so it's kind of an arcade-esque um time racer if you will uh, I'm probably making up these game genres as I'm speaking, but um, yeah. I, I, so you aim this magical bolt via the crank, and uh, to my understanding, it just fires automatically. Uh, I was pressing the A and B buttons, and it didn't seem to do anything. I thought it was <laughs> when I was mashing on them, but then I just stopped mashing on them, and it continues to fire. So I think it's just timed uh, when you fire this little thing. It's also got like some minor platformer type of mechanics where you're jumping around on different uh, platforms, but it's a static screen. So you're not 
moving from left to right or anything. Um, I am a little confused about some of the game mechanics. For example, um, there's like this cross that appears yeah. every once in a while. And I don't think that it hinders your direction. I seem to be able to shoot through it regardless. I'm, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm not sure if I was able to move through it or not. Um, I'll have to give that another try. Um, but boy, howdy, is this game ever strange? It is a like a surrealistic nightmare of images uh, all you know shoved together. But once you get the hang of it, it's really quite charming. And uh, as Horu's sand slips through his top half, um, you start to hear sort of these faint rings of that dreaded alarm clock sound. <laughs> you all know what I'm talking about. Uh, you know, we all have PTSD from this, but uh, it starts approaching and then getting louder and louder. And if you hit him a second time, flips over and that goes away. But if you do not hit him a second time within that allotted time, then your game ends. So essentially you're trying to stay asleep as long as possible. And once the alarm rings, then, uh, you wake up. So it tells you at the very end, you slept for one minute and 15 seconds or seven minutes and 45 seconds or whatever you were able to accomplish. Uh, I think I've been able to get up to seven minutes and change thus far. So if there's any Hello Playdate podcast listeners out there who have downloaded this and uh, want to do a little high score, uh, high minute challenge, let me know. Uh, we've got some high score challenges in the discord. I'd love to chat, but in the meantime, Nicholas P. Baldridge, have you managed <laughs> to <laughs> play this game or even look at the itch page? The uh, my new middle name uh, that starts with P is Playdate. <laughs> um, so I have uh, just been looking at the itch page while we've been talking here, and this looks really cool. Um, I am curious because it appears that um, Horu can hit your your character, your avatar. Um, or you can walk through them and then your character blinks. What does that do exactly? As far as I know, nothing. I have not oh, been able okay. to figure that out either. Maybe okay. it affects the sand in the hourglass. That, because... I've been scouring this uh, gif for this entire time here and I cannot see any difference. But, yeah, uh... there's no indication as to a life meter, but I did notice one time that it felt like you know, you've got like a reasonable yet succinct duration between the times when the hourglass flips over and the um, uh, alarm starts ringing again. But mm -hmm. I noticed one time when I was playing that the alarm seemed to approach very quickly, like quicker than I could fire off two shots. So there was no way to... Uh, to remedy that but maybe maybe it's because i got hit by horu i'm not entirely sure to tell you the truth uh again listeners if you've played this and have some insight uh we'd love to hear from you and it looks like this was uh designed by uh maybe a couple of relatives they're jackson and dylan webb um so jackson or dylan if you are listening man let's uh Let's chat. I'd, I'd love to hear some some insights here. Yeah. Um, 
And it looks like the developer has been pretty responsive to uh, requests and so forth. Uh, the initial version didn't have an indicator for where the bolt was going to be thrown. And uh, uh, they took that advice to heart and, and added that. And I just looking at the, the GIFs here, I'm sure that makes all the difference. Yeah. Um, and it looks like they remedied that in pretty short order after yeah. the request. And all this to say, this game is pretty darn new. Looks like it's only been around a couple weeks at this point. So probably came out shortly after our last podcast. But um, but yeah, uh, trying to highlight the new games here. Some of these new 250 plus indie games. So uh, Nick, you have any other thoughts on five more minutes? I don't. Um, I'll be I'll be downloading that and sideloading it and playing it one day. Um, <laughs> so looking forward to that. Uh, Ryan, I'm curious though. Have you ever heard of Gimme Friction Baby? You know what? I saw this on Itch, and mm. when I took a look at the screenshots, it just totally confounded me. I did not take the time to read all the pesky words. So I'm really hoping that you can illuminate the gameplay of Gimme Friction Baby. Ryan, I'm starting to wonder about our methods of communication. <laughs> What's wrong with them? Audio uh, only? Don't ever write any words to me. What's the problem? <laughs> I type you these uh, 75 million page screeds and I have a feeling you're just reading one you sentence. You do? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, so Gimme Friction Baby is something I had never heard of prior to sideloading it on my playdate. Um, so a little background. It is a um, Flash game uh, that was apparently very popular uh, in in the height of Flash game mania. Uh-huh. Um, and it's uh, kind of sort of similar to Bust a Move or mm -hmm. Frozen Bubble, if you're familiar with either of those concepts. Sure. Where you're, you're rocketing a, um, a bubble <laughs> and trying to match colors. But the difference between Gimme Friction Baby and those games is that your screen is initially devoid of all bubbles. And it's in black and white, so you're not matching colors. Instead, what you're doing is launching the bubbles and hoping that they don't cross this foul line, which is right above your uh, gun placement. Um, so the, the balls will rebound and then head back towards that foul line, and you want them to stop before they get there. Um, so to do that, you have to take their momentum out um, by hitting different angles. So you're basically trying to shoot these balls and ricochet them in such a way that all their momentum disappears while they're on that upper portion of the screen. Um, but there's a couple of quirks with it. So when you launch a ball and the, the ball stops, the distance from the outer edges of the screen to the center of the bubble is essentially how big that bubble becomes. So it becomes either a small obstacle or some size in between small and gigantic, but it can be very, very large. And so the issue becomes how your ball 
the next ball that you launch is impacted by hitting and ricocheting off of the previous one. Hmm. And you, you can have dozens of them on the screen, um, but your goal <laughs> overall is not just to launch a bunch of bubbles up onto the top screen. Um, each bubble, as it stops, will have the number three emblazoned upon it. And every time that you ricochet another bubble off of it, that number decrements until it gets oh. to zero, and then the bubble disappears. Oh, so okay. the challenge is twofold. You have to prevent the bubbles from going back towards your gun, but you also have to knock out the previous bubbles so that you have room for new bubbles to stay on the screen. Very um, interesting. It's far more uh, addictive than you might think. Yes. Um, I, I was so confused when I first took a look at this and you have really demystified this for me. I was initially wondering about the size of the bubbles that you were talking about thinking that the numbers corresponded to some sort of number of ricochets or amount of uh, distance they traveled or something but that makes a lot of sense that it's the number of times they've been hit i do have a question for you though um in puzzle bobble or bust a move uh mm -hmm. typically when you toss the bubbles up they stick to whatever bubbles they hit uh, is that the same mechanic here or can you ricochet it off a bubble? I'm looking at the first screenshot on the Gimme Friction Baby itch page and yeah. like, could I conceivably bounce it off that first number one bubble and hit that second number one bubble so that I hit two of them or is the bubble going to yeah. stick once I... No. So unlike okay. Bust a Move, Frozen Bubble, yeah, the, the, the ball does not stick to previous ones. So you... you're bouncing it, but that that particular scenario is very dangerous because there's only one shot left before the bubble disappears. So it ricochets off of there, goes back down, hits the next one. That one disappears, hits the two, and then it's probably going to come back down and cross the foul line. Mm. So, very interesting. Uh, Th this sounds really cool. I uh, it is. I, I hadn't <laughs> given this the the time of day it deserved before, but. Uh, I need to check this game out. This looks and really great. This is um, the developer uh, is uh, not Peter. And they say <laughs> this is a tribute to Gimme Friction Baby. This is not the original developer of Gimme Friction Baby, the Flash game. Uh, this is just somebody who implemented the same game on the playdate. Uh, the difference between the Flash game and this is that the Flash game, the turret that fires the bubbles oscillates um, by itself. Oh, interesting. And on the play date, you're cranking to adjust the angle of fire, uh, which is a lot simpler. Uh -huh. uh, <laughs> okay, so on the play date, you get to determine the angle, yeah. correct? Okay, gotcha. Um, <clears throat> are you able to determine the force by which you no. fire, or do you always fire at the same force? You you always fire at the same velocity. So, um, you know, you, you have to pay careful attention. So, Ryan, would you like to hear my very impressive high score? Only if it has anything to do with Excel. It does. All right. I put it in cell A1. <laughs> okay. um, my high score is the number three. Is that good? <laughs> no. 
tries. <laughs> and that took me an embarrassing number of tries. But um, I will say that I continued to play this game um, having a high score of two for a very long time until I crossed the threshold to three. And um, it's really enticing for such a low scoring game uh, to make me want to continue to play uh, tells me an awful lot about the game. So hopefully that tells you something too. And um, you'll give it a shot at some point. And yeah. it is uh, name your own price on itch. So um, worth a look. Very cool. I'm now quite interested in this game. I feel like I'm understanding these uh, animated gifts a little better. <laughs> uh, yeah, this, this looks really cool. I am very interested. You've piqued my interest again. Nick, thank you nice. for for sharing this uh, this little indie gem on our boop 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 indie games of the week. Um, so this week, as listeners are likely already aware, we are out of season one games. Uh, so, hey Nick, I was wondering if I could talk about a little something that I've been working on a whole bunch. Can I mention yeah, something real quick please. that has Absolutely nothing to do with play. Well, I take that back. It has about a, a nanoliter to do with the play date. So it's um, measured in liquid. <laughs> this, this is not the greatest episode of mine. Don't rub it in. <laughs> How much Excel does it have? How many formulas? Never enough. So <laughs> bar this, charts. This thing I've been working on um, is a new book of mine uh listeners know i am an artist and i make comics and in recent days and months i've been doing these weird little drawings that uh i'm calling mirror drawings where i'll essentially doodle on the bottom corner of a sketchbook page and then mirror and duplicate it around about four times and it makes this larger illustration and i have been really diving neck deep into this project and getting ready for a launch on Kickstarter. It's it's not ready just yet. I wanted to sort of tease this out there a little bit because I've got a launch date. Nick, are you ready for this? It's going to happen a lot sooner than I thought it was going to. Uh, yes. <laughs> so I'm going to launch a Kickstarter on October 6th. And this is going to run for three weeks from October 6th to October 27th, which is a whole lot sooner than I originally expected. Uh, originally, I was thinking, yeah, I'll probably run it for the length of November and then fulfill it in the new year. But I was talking with my brilliant wife who said, uh, oh, that's that's kind of a shame because I would love to give these out as holiday gifts. And then she asked me, is there any chance that... Um, you know, you could move some dates around and uh, make this available by, you know, early to mid-December. And my knee-jerk reaction was uh, probably not, but I, I kept thinking about it. And I like the idea of these potentially being given as gifts. I also like the idea of wrapping up this campaign before the holidays so that I can kind of not think about it over my vacation. So yeah. uh, all that to say, I, I made a, a new timeline, figured this out and figured out that 
yes, this can be done. Um, so I made a bunch of headway this past week, uh, got my whole campaign approved by Kickstarter. I've got a landing page now and I have a URL that people can go to if Let's they are it. interested. So the URL is mirrordrawings.com. So if you go to mirrordrawings.com, it should direct you. I was just uh, altering it right before the show. I think the <laughs> DNS blobbity blue still needs to update, but I think, I think by the time this airs that that URL should be functional and will direct you to the Kickstarter landing page where you can click a button that says notify me on launch, which uh, obligates you to do nothing at all. So if you go to that page and click notify me on launch. Essentially what Kickstarter is going to do is send you an email reminder saying, Hey, this project is live. If you're interested, you can go check it out, but it requires you to make no monetary commitment to this project, but it does help me in the Kickstarter rankings because Kickstarter is a crowdfunding platform and they like it when you bring a party. So if there's any listeners out there in Hello Playdate podcast land who are willing to click that notify me on launch button, I would surely appreciate it. Uh, it's over at mirrordrawings.com. Sounds good. Um, I'll be clicking it once that DNS works its way through the system. Fantastic. So, yeah. Uh, oh, I, I told you there was a, a nano leader of connection to the Playdate, and I oh, yeah. neglected to mention that. So. If anybody's been to our Hello Playdate podcast website, which is at playdatepodcast.com, and you look up in the banner, there is an image of the Playdate and some whitewater wipeout imagery and the um, casual birder imagery that I did in one of these mirror drawings. And so you're looking at a part of one of those mirror drawings that uh, I'm hoping will be in the book. The vast majority of these drawings that I've done do not deal with other people's intellectual property, but that was right. a rare one because I was and am so enamored with the play date. Uh, so the long story short is that I'm not certain that's going to be in the book or not, but I am in conversation with some folks at Panic to see if they will allow me to include that drawing. Cause I would love to, it's, uh, I, it's one of my favorites, but uh, we'll see if it gets in there or not. So there's some behind the scenes info. Cool. Um, well, very much looking forward to new Claytorian artwork as always. Awesome. Um, Thank you. So uh, for listeners, Ryan goes over the top with uh, all of his book productions. They're amazing. If you couldn't tell, uh, by how much he loves Excel. Um, that is how much he loves uh, the illustrative work that he does. In fact, more so. So uh, if you can believe it. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing this, Ryan, and uh, uh, excited to uh, see how the campaign progresses and so forth. So good luck. Cool. cool. Thank you. And uh, yeah, I've got some some surprises up my sleeve too. I'm, uh -oh. I'm pretty pretty excited about some of these reward tiers. Yo, right, <laughs> compiling all the nano leaders. Uh, uh, there's some there's some reward tiers that I'm quite excited about that I, I hope 
other folks will get excited about too. Maybe I'll save that for a future episode. So this does not become the mirror drawings episode. Uh, just wanted to share my excitement about this project with our listeners. Uh, and what date is today? All right. Um, if I may uh, also say a little something about a thing I'm working on. Yes. Um, so uh, every year there's a particular pinball show that I love going to. Uh, it's called the White Rose Game Room Show. It's in York, Pennsylvania. And that's happening this year, October 7th and 8th for the public. If you bring a game, you can also get in on the 6th. Um, and I am bringing, uh, let's see, uh, six custom games that I've made. Oh, um, mercy. Are you kidding? <laughs> no. You're um, bringing six games? Yeah. Uh, oh my God. What and what size moving truck are you renting for this? Well, it's funny that you ask. So uh, <laughs> four of those are P3 modules. Okay. Um, so bringing P3 three full-size so games. Okay, gotcha. Two full-size games and then four um, P3 modules. Yeah, or three full-size games. Yes, and then four P3 modules. Okay. Right. Anyway. I need Excel. You got my face (laughs) twisting up there. Okay, now that makes sense. (laughs) Um, So uh, the games that I'm bringing are uh, Ranger in the Ruins, which um, talked about last episode, uh, Silver Falls, Flipper Foxtrot, Rhythm Explosion, Quest for Glory in its first public appearance, um, the multi-bingo and multi-races. And every year I help put together this group of collectors that bring bingo pinballs these are um gambling pinballs which were made between 1951 and 1981 and we try to have a wide range of different machines uh on the show floor in the free play area for people to to try but these games are very very complicated uh and a little difficult to understand so um i and others who bring games for the row hang out and give tutorials to people. And if anybody's able to put together a four or five in a row win, then they will uh, win a vinyl postcard with a medley of the soundtrack for my newest game, which is called Drained uh, for the P3. That game will not be making an appearance this year. It didn't quite uh, make it under the the approvals deadline for, for the show, but uh it will almost certainly be there next year. But until that time, there is so much to see and experience that I alone have made. And the whole show is amazing and uh, full of games of all eras. Um, and it is my favorite pinball show for a number of reasons, but it's, it's very laid back. Uh, there's so much interesting history to explore um, as well as different unique games to try and uh i've even uh conned ryan into coming a time or two (laughs) um and i surely wish you would be able to attend this year but um hopefully at some point in the future we'll see you back there again and uh, you'll get to try some of the stuff that i've made but yeah i i sincerely hope so too i've been i can't remember if it was two or three times at this point but uh Everything that Nick says is true about the show being so cool, so laid back and such an amazing 
breadth of games from, you know, pre-flipper games to wood rails to electromechanical to solid state to modern games to custom games like Nick is doing. And Nick, I can't believe you're bringing half a dozen games. That's insane. Um, so I, that alone is worth the price of admission as far as I'm concerned. And when Nick says that he's producing a vinyl postcard, that's not just the material. That's like a thing you can put on your record player and play it. <laughs> the song from his newest game that hasn't even been released yet. So anyway, uh, I'm super excited. I wish I were coming. It sounds like such an amazing time. I hope you wow the crowd uh, <laughs> next month. I'm sure you will. So if anybody is within spitting or rock throwing distance or any distance from York, Pennsylvania at the beginning of next month, I would give it my highest possible recommendation. Totally worth it. Thanks very much. And yeah. yeah, look look forward to meeting our entire listenership in New York, Pennsylvania, uh, October. This is, you know, a huge heads up about two weeks from now. So October 7th and 8th, uh, I'm sure I'll, I'll see you all there. But um, I am looking for if anybody is a listener and comes down, be sure to introduce yourself as such. And I look forward to meeting you. Yeah, Nick will be camped out in Bingo Row next to his custom games. So he will not be hard to find. <laughs> looks looks just like the uh uh avatar in our discord <laughs> <laughs> downloaded right. but haven't played um... <laughs> all right well that's probably gonna do it for this episode if you want to find out more about us you can head over to playdatepodcast.com we've got a bunch of show notes for today's episode and also a bunch of ways you can contact us over there, including getting involved in our Discord. Uh, Don runs a bunch of this stuff, the podcast, the organizes the Discord, puts everything together. And even though he's not here this episode today, I want to give big, big shouts to Don. We miss you, man. Looking forward to chatting with you again next time. Sorry that all of our schedules were so darn wacky this time around, but uh, we'll get the gang back together next time. All right. Take care, guys. Okay. Thanks. And thanks, Don. Bye. Boop, 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 bye.